With Hashem's assistance, we are learning Kedushin, Daf Chav Ches, page 28. We're going to begin on the bottom of Chav Zayinam Abayz, two lines from the bottom. So the Gemara wanted to know, how do we know that you can have a concept of a Shvua, a swear, if you're already swearing about one thing where you have to swear, that we can be Megagal, we could roll onto you another swear that you would not ordinarily be able to swear about. For example, in our Mishnah, the cases where a person is already swearing about metaltal and about movable objects, so we said that once you're swearing about that, you can also swear about a piece of land, which normally you wouldn't be able to swear about. So we said, how do we know that? So we brought this whole source from Sota, from the concept of the wayward wife, that she swears about things that normally you wouldn't be able to swear about. So the Gemara says, Ashkechan Sota, two lines from the bottom of Chavzayin Amabes, 27b. Ashkechan Sota, we find this to be true in regards to a Sota. The Isura, because we're talking about Isser, we're talking about matters of forbidden, of a forbidden nature. How do we know that this applies also to money? So, Tana de So, the yeshiva of Rabbi Shema learned as follows. Kalva Chaimer. We have a logical derivation. Uma Sota. If we find by Sota Shelo Nitnali Tava Be'edechad, that there is a stringency. There's a stringency in regards to Sota. That the only way that a person can become a Sota is only if you have two witnesses. One witness is not going to be enough. Megagla, nevertheless, we have a leniency by the more stringent thing. We have this leniency that we roll on. A swear that we don't otherwise make. Mamon. In regards to money matters. Shenitnali Tava Be'edechad. Where it's more lenient, you, all you need is one witness, that's enough. So certainly you should have the leniency of being able to roll on uh, another swear. Now, the Gemara says, the Gemara asks, where are we learning to? We're learning out to Mamon. And we find, whenever we find a swear in regards to money matters, so you're always swearing about something that's for sure. Meaning, for example, you have a case where a guy comes, Ruvain says to Shimon, you owe me money. I am positive you owe me $100. And Shimon says, no, what are you talking about? I only owe you $50. So there it's a case of Vadai. It's for sure that Shimon is, Ruvain is claiming that Shimon owes him the money, and he has a for sure. He knows for sure that he owes him the money, and he has to swear. So now when we roll upon him another swear, all perhaps that we can roll upon him is something similar to that, a similar type of swear, which is vada, which is a certain type of swear. Who says that we can even do it? Who says that he can, we can even roll onto him a swear which is going to be a doubt? Minalan, Tanya, we learned that in Brisa. Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai Omer, Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai says, Nemar shvua b'chutz, nemar shvua mibifnim. So we have a swear that said outside of the temple, and we have a swear that said inside of the temple. Just like we find in regards to the swear that was said inside of the temple, meaning the sota, the swear of the sota, so we made a doubt. Just the same as if it was certain, meaning by a sota there's a swear that happens even though we don't know for sure that she has done this act. It doesn't matter, nevertheless we make her swear. So to outside, the swear that's being done outside, if we have a doubt, so it's also going to be made as if it was certain, and therefore we're going to make him swear, even in a case of uncertainty. I think it's important to point out right here that there's two different limudim, there are two different ways that we're learning here. The first way we said was through a kalvachimer, which was a logical derivation. The second way that we said was a mematinu, that we find that we can make a similarity. If we find something is true over here in one mitzvah, we can also say that it's true in a different mitzvah. And the reason that we need both of them is because the first limud, the first kalvachomer, that logical derivation, all it teaches us is that the first type, the initial type of swear that we're making, we can extend it to other types of a similar nature. For example, in regards 
also so this so it's always a suffix, it's always a doubt. So we can extend it to other cases of doubt and say that the original swear that you're making, we can extend it elsewhere to a similar type. So we learn out as well to Mamun. The initial case by Mamun is usually, or perhaps always, going to be a case of vadai, of certainty, that he's swearing about something that's certain. So therefore we can extend it only as far as whatever the initial type is. That's what we learn out from the logical derivation. That's that's the first step. And the second step is that once we have that logical derivation, so we can say that once we see by Sota that there's a character that it's, even though it's a suffix, even though it's a doubt, nevertheless we make him swear it's considered like it's certain. So Sota elsewhere, even by Mamo, we're also going to say that even if it's a suffix, even if there's a doubt, we're going to consider it as if it's for sure and we're going to make him swear. The Gemara continues, How far can we go when we're rolling upon him these other swears? How far? This is the name of Rav. He can even say to him, Swear to me that you are not my Canaanite servant, meaning a non-Jewish servant. The Gemara says, Wait. If someone accuses someone else of being a non-Jewish servant, so we put the accuser into an excommunication. The Tani we learned in Abraisa, Akar lechaver Eved, if someone calls his friend a slave, meaning a non-Jewish slave, Yehibinidu, he gets excommunicated. Mamzer, if he calls his friend a bastard, Sifigas Harbaim, so he gets lashes. Russia, let's say he, refer, he accuses his friend of being an evil person, Yorid Imoy Lechayov, Rashi explains what this means, and that is that the Bezdin, the court, will not actually do anything. However, the person who is being accused, he can go and take away from the person's business who is accusing says. So basically the bottom line here, the question is, that you see that that can't be what you're going to roll upon him, the shvur, the swear that you're making, can't be that you're accusing him to sw- or making him swear that he's not a, a, your slave. explains, Swear to me that you were not sold to me as a Jewish slave. Sigmar says, wait, So that's a, if that's his claim, and he really believes that claim, and he really means it, so it's a great claim. There's, there's, what's the problem? Of course, what's the chiddush? What's the novelty? You, you, if you're my slave, and you're not working for me, so you're, you're my value, you, you're my money, and you're, and you're not, and you're not working for me. Rava le taimei, so Rava, the Gemara answers, it's Rava according to his own reasoning, and it is a novelty, the Amar Rava, Evet Ivri Gufai Kanoi, that the Evet Ivri, the Jewish slave, is actually owned, his body is even owned, and therefore it's comparable to a piece of land, and it is a novelty, because he's not a piece of metal, and he's not just considered moment, he's not just considered value, but it's more like land, and usually land, without a Gilgul Shvu, without rolling on this swear, you would not be able to swear about the Gemara says, "Ihachi hachi hainu karka. So the Gemara says, if, if so, it's exactly the same as land. And we already said in the Mishnah that you can roll on even, even to land. You can even make him swear about land once you're making him swear about something that's a movable object. So what's the chiddush? What's the novelty? You might have thought, karkahu da'avdi inshi de mezavni betzina. So when do we make him swear about something? When can we roll on the swear? We're talking about a piece of land because people ordinarily, they sell their piece of land in private. And if it would be true, that it had been sold, we, no one would know about it. The rumor would not spread, and therefore we can make him swear. Hi. However, in regards to the slave, if indeed he had been sold, everyone would know about it. It's something that's public knowledge. It's something that hits the newsstands right away. That's what Rav is coming to say. That no, despite the fact that it could be that people should know, it's possible that people don't know, and therefore we will indeed make him swear. And you can roll on this swear, even to say, even if the guy says that you are my Jewish slave. The Gemara continues with the Mishnah. Anything that's considered value or money in regards to something else, 
Once you give it over as a barter, so then the other person, so as soon as you give the money, the giver has now acquired the item that's supposed to be given to him as well. What this means is like this. So in the Havimir, the Gemara actually explains that at this point we are, we are believing that this is talking about money. And you're not talking about where you're using the money to actually buy it, mikoach money, using the kinyan, using the acquiring power of money, but rather through bartering. What happens when you're doing bartering is that despite the fact when you're buying with money, so you don't create a kinyan right away, like we mentioned earlier, nevertheless over here, the kinyan occurs right away. As soon as you give over the money, so it creates a schaivu, it's an obligation on the person who is giving the object, and therefore as soon as the as the money is received, so the object becomes the other person's, the buyer's. Kate said, what's the case of bartering? If you switched an ox for a cow, or a mule for an ox, as soon as one of them acquires the animal, so the other one now becomes the owner of the other thing. What are we talking about in the Mishnah when we talk about chalipin? Matbeya. So it sounds like it's talking about coins or money. Shmamina, we can deduce from here, Matbeya nasa chalipin. This would imply something the Gemara Baba Metziah says not, that's not true. The Gemara Baba Metziah says that you cannot use Matbeya, you can't use money in order to do chalipin. But this Mishnah implies that you can. Am Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda says, Hachikamer, this is what we mean. Kol anishum damen bi'acher, anything that's evaluated as money, Rashi explains meaning anything except for money, but something that has value that in order to figure out its value, you have to figure it out. You have to get a sh- uh, shuma, you have to evaluate it. We turn to Chavchasim and Beis 28b. As soon as one of the parties has gotten that object, so the other person acquires the thing that's being bartered for. Dekonami, it makes sense that we're talking about this and not talking about money. Dekotani, because what does it say in the end of the Mishnah? Ketzad, what's the case? Hichlef shor bepara. If you switched an ox for a cow, a chamor b'shor, or a mule for an ox. Shmami, no, it's a good proof that that's the case. This that we thought originally the matabeya nasa chalip, and that we're talking about money. And that's the case in the Mishnah. My ketzad. What did it, what did we think that the words ketzad meant? answer. This is what we meant. nami adi That this is a separate section of the Mishnah. We're saying first of all we say that you can do chalipin with money, and second of all what we're saying is that you can also do it with something besides for something similar to a shoe. The classic example of chalipin is with a shoe. That's what we have in the pasuk in the verse by Boaz and Rus. So that's the classic example, but who says that you can do it with something else? So the mission is coming to say that even something that's not a shoe, not like a shoe, it's not a vessel, it's Paris, it's something else. So that also does Khalip and Ketzad. What's the case? basar shor bepara. Let's say you switched, you did a barter with meat of an ox, and you traded that for an, a cow. Or basar chamor Or for example, you're trading, you're bartering the meat of a mule uh, for a ox. So once you switched it, once one person has gotten one of the items, so then the other person immediately acquires the other item. says, that's good according to Rav Sheshesh, that indeed you can do chalipin with something besides for something that's similar to a shoe. According to Rav Nachman who says that you can't, how are we going to explain the Mishnah? And it's important to point out here, Rashi explains that this question is both before and after, meaning both in the Havamina, that we're talking about money, and in the Maskana, even after the Gemara's completed explanation, we still need to understand this, because according to Rav Nachman, so you can't have anything besides for a vessel to do Chalipin, so our Mishnah needs explanation. So Gemara says, That there is a case of money that is similar to Chalipin, that's similar to bartering, that 
even though you're using money, you, and normally money, you cannot create a kenyan, you can't acquire something immediately, you have to wait until you actually do Mashiach, until you actually do an act of moving it. Nevertheless, over here it's going to be immediate. Kesa, what's the case? Let's say you switched, you did a chalipin of sorts, with the value of an ox, for a cow. Or the value of a mule for an ox. What's the case? So Rashi explains that Reuven is selling Shimon his shore, his ox. Now, Reuven sells it to him. So now Shimon owes Reuven $100. Now, instead of taking the $100, what Reuven does is he says to him, instead of giving me the $100, I want you to give me your cow, which is worth $100. And the $100 that you're going to pay me will be payment for your cow. So what happens in that case is immediately transfers into the possession of Ruvain. My time, what's the reason? Meaning, why is it that this is working immediately? Usually we say that money does not work immediately. First of all, he holds like a who says that from the Torah, money has the ability to create an acquisition immediately, transfer into his possession immediately. Why do they say that normally that you shouldn't do that, that you can't do that, and only through Mashiach, only by moving it will it work? Loi, I'm sorry, the problem is that if Ruvain sells something to Shimon and he hasn't yet taken it, so now if Ruvain's house is burning down, he's not going to save the thing that he sold. Why? Because he doesn't care, he already gave it over to him, it already was acquired by the second guy. So so, so that shouldn't happen. So we say is until the actual item has been taken into his possession, it has not transferred into his possession. So now, So only in a regular case did the rabbis say that only Mashiach works and money does not work. Our case, which is an uncommon case, so the rabbis didn't say that money won't work. And in fact, this case will work and it will be like Mashiach. I'm sorry, just like it will be like Chalipin. Just like Chalipin works immediately. So to this case of buying with money, will be similar to that and it will work immediately. Now the Gemara asks, holds that the Torah explicitly states that the only way it works is through pulling it, and not with money, that if you want to do it with money, it doesn't work right away. So so if he, if he holds like Rav Sheshes, that, that you can use fruits, meaning something besides for a vessel, to create Chalipin, so that we can, we can explain the Mishnah as we explain the Mishnah, the first understanding of the Mishnah. So we can explain it as, as we did. But if he holds like Rav Nachman, if he holds like like Rav Nachman who says that you can only do it with a vessel similar to a shoe, and you can't say that the Mishnah is talking about a case of coins, so how can he establish the Mishnah? The Mishnah doesn't make any sense. So it's clear that Rish Lakish holds like Rav Sheshis, and therefore he's going to explain the Mishnah as we explained it earlier, that the Mishnah is actually talking about not money, we're talking about something that has value, that has the value of money, so to speak, and therefore it's even though it's not a vessel, it's not similar to a shoe, since he holds like Rosh therefore you can indeed use that for Chalipin. Now we'll begin the Mishnah. We're talking about transferring into the domain, to the possession of the temple, so it's enough to actually give money, it immediately transfers into the domain of the temple. However, in regards to a regular person, if you want to transfer into his domain, so he has to do Chazaka, and Rashi explains over here, this means Meshicha pulling it. If someone says he wants to give something to the temple, it's as if he's actually given, given it over, it's comparable to someone who gives it over to a regular person, meaning it's completely transferred just by stating that 
that a person wants to give it over to the temple. We learned in a rice. Kate said, What's the case that the temple acquires it just by giving over the money? Let's say the treasurer of the temple gives over the money for an animal. Even if the animal is on the other side of the world, so he's acqu- the, the temple has acquired it. However, in regards to a regular person, like so even though you gave over money until he actually physically takes the animal or takes whatever he's trying to acquire, the, the acquisition does, does not take place. What's the case where a person speaks and is considered given over just like a person who's giving it over literally to his friend when a person speaks is considered given over to the temple? If a person says this ox is a sacrifice or this house is going to be donated to the temple even if it's on the other side of the world so it's been acquired by the temple however in regards to a regular person like Kone he has not acquired it until the top of 29a until he actually pulls it and takes possession of it. We'll continue from here in the next Daily Daf.